Hello and welcome to Everyday New Nadir, a podcast that was starting to be regular, now is somewhat irregular, as usual. I'm your host, Lee, and with me is Mr. Regular himself. <laughs> Hello, Good Pete. evening. Oh, sorry. Jumped in before <laughs> the queue. We're not going to start it again now. We've, no, we've gone this gonna... far. It's been hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how are you? Uh, yeah, I've had a moderately odd day, but other than that, uh, I'm okay. Uh, big dinner? Yes, yeah, so I just had, the thing is, it wasn't a big dinner, it was just in close range to our starting, because <laughs> I was talking to a friend, had to quaff down food quickly, and then, because... Yeah, the listeners aren't aware. Lee is one hour ahead of GMT. So, uh, yeah, it gets a bit tricky in our captain of industry lifestyles to get this stuff in sometimes. Um, who is the politician that gets that's fat and that he got really pissed off that everybody said he ate big dinners? Was, uh, was this a British or American? Yeah, British one. Because I, I mean, he, he made a, like a, a he made a criticism about like online abuse that he was oh, getting, God. and that it was uh, spilling over into his big um, real life. And really? all it was was like a graffiti on a wall, which was like so and so eats big dinners. Really, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be like the sort of people that will start going about snowflakes and stuff. And they yeah. can't manage a bit of graffiti said about eating big dinners. But I know that actually if I had that graffiti about myself, something of that kind of ilk, it would probably play on my mind. I don't know why. I'd just uh, be like, Gary, guy named Gary Sandbrook. Okay. And it's just literally like a graffiti on a wall that says Gary Sandbrook eat big dinners. <laughs> Which is sort of, graffiti. in some ways is the most British insult in the world. <laughs> is he massive or something? Gary... Sandbrook. Gary's he's um he's not that big. He's just yeah. a horrible looking man. Well he's a Tory. That's the first well, obviously yeah, he's a Tory. He, he's got like a head that's like a block. Um Oh look, he says Austerity didn't go too far, says Gary says man who eats massive dinners every day. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, He's got his he's got his massive dinners and he hates the poor, I'm guessing. So uh he's he doing, looks wow, like, hang on. he looks he looks so stereotypically Tory and someone that would get offended by being totally <laughs> Yeah, there's if you go on if you Google him, Gary Sandbrook, and then the first the top left, the second picture in, um is that even him, though? Because he looks even bigger. That might have been pre-parliamentary days. He looks like a sort of Peter Kay character. Uh, well, but anyway, picture from this is not related to Gary Sandbrook special. Um, <laughs> who is quickly becoming. Well, to, to be fair, I mean, I think I've, I've already decided that the title of this episode should just be Gary Sandbrook. Gary, yeah, he's big dinners. Like, that's, that's the title. Bang. Every uh, A little bit of back... Back room, back production, something, back something. I write the... Behind the curtain. Yeah, behind the curtain, I write the descriptions. That's why they're so fucking long (laughs) and rambling. (laughs) 
Uh, and sometimes I write the like Lee will come up with a title. I'll sometimes overrule them because I get kind of last go on them before they go public because <laughs> of writing descriptions. Uh, so you'll like put something, I'll change it. It's like, well, it's up now, isn't it? Um, and yeah, I kept the last one because that seemed like close to your heart. That uh, that quote. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's like, what is it? The X-Files music special. I don't know. Like, yeah, but you put special on the end of everything, which I, I don't like that, quite, You think everything's like a, running, a special. It's like a running joke. Like if we put Gary Sandbrook special. No, I don't know, because it's like, you can't have a special all the time. It does devalue it. But in a way, that is part of the funniness of it. The comedy gold is that, how can you have a special every week? Don McLean. I don't know what the others are. Someone can go back and look at all the specials we've had. Uh, we had the US election special. Yeah. We've had the Don McLean special. The comeback special the too. The conspiracy special. special. Conspiracy special. No, but the conspiracy special wasn't called the conspiracy special because I, I kept your title. No, but you added you added conspiracy special to oh, it. Oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So also I found out in the last since we last recorded that Joe Rogan's podcast is now on Spotify. Yeah. Um don't go listen to that. Now I've mentioned it. You'd be like, oh people just be running off going, Oh fucking hell, that's on there. I couldn't listen to this shit to listen to that. Um so yeah, he's fine he's finally got a bit of competition. Um Yeah. Uh and so, you know, the two heavyweight he's like a sort of cruiser like destroyer type ship cruiser destroyer I assume they're all something and we're a kind <laughs> of boat. marauding Iranian speedboat firing the odd pot shot at an American <laughs> tanker the Joe Rogan's bit massive tanker and uh, yeah but you know we're small but we're nimble we can like get in there strafe 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 it with some f- f- shots bullets I guess <laughs> and speed out before caught because that's what actually happens in the... Is it the Gulf in, of Hormuz? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the Arabian there. Sea, but... Maybe. Well, I don't know. Uh, pro- uh, yeah, I don't know. Can a, can a non-Arabic country be on the, Arani- on the Arabian Sea? I don't know. Um... Yes. Because it's not an Arabic country. I mean, you know, like the Indian Ocean is, you know, surrounded by countries that are not India. Not not India. (laughs) Atlantic Ocean is not surrounded by Atlanta. Atlantia. (laughs) Or Atlantis. Realm of Atlanta. Or the city. Come state. Is it a city? Atlantis or Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, yeah, it's Atlantis and is it Atlanta. Atlanta is a city in two, a state. Two very different beasts. Mm. Christ, recording this, because <laughs> I've had like two beers already. <laughs> I've had that big dinner. It's like, I don't know, it's like recording via a deep dream. <laughs> well, I mean, most it's of like, these recordings are essentially tr- fever dreams anyway. Um, so yeah. Well, fun. the thing is also I've sobered up. This is the problem. Uh I was going to have some wine, but I'd already had the beer, and I thought, you know, that won't go well. Probably. Oh, I've got an anecdote. Oh, right, should here I leave we go. It for the end, or... No, no, go for it. Should I, do you want now, or should I leave it at the end? It's rubbish, there's nothing. <laughs> Basically, I ate, 
a tiramisu out of the woman's boot of her Vauxhall Corsa. I'd never met her in my life. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Wait, isn't tiramisu non-vegan? No, and this is the thing, right? So let me paint a picture (laughs) with words, not paint. Um, I was on a walking date with a lady. Mm. And also what I'll say about that. So at the moment, it's been like like zero, minus one, minus two in Sheffield. And uh, so if you go on a a date, because all you can do is go for a walk or something, if you go on a date, uh, you obviously layered the heck up. So... On this day, I can't really discern whether I was attracted to this person or not because I couldn't really see her body particularly or her face because she was wearing sunglasses, a hat, and five layers. And so, and same for me. And I kind of like, I was just like, at the end, I was like, well, yeah, we had a nice time, nice chat, but I was a bit like, like, could I identify her in a police lineup? Probably not. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we're walking along. So we're coming to the end of the walk and uh, on my street, actually. And, and she sort of bumped into someone she knew who worked at a restaurant who offered me a tiramisu out of the back of her car. And I was like, and the thing is, as a vegan, so I'm not the sort of person who takes desserts from hatchbacks from strangers. <laughs> so I, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that wild. But like, so I kind of said, oh, you know, sorry, I'm vegan. I, and that usually, 98% of the time, that gets me off scotch-free, yeah? Um, but this time, and she's like, oh, no, no, they're vegan. So I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> so I had to take it, because obviously that would be, it would look bad on the person I was on a date with if I was like, don't, I don't want your fucking tiramisu out of your car boot, love. That's mental. Uh, so I had to take it um, and walk around with a tiny tiramisu in a little plastic pot. Uh, and I did eat it, actually, the next day. Uh, oh, so you didn't actually, and actually sit, stand there and, and eat it while she watched you? No, 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 no. No, 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 because like, there's no cut or anything. It came out of the boot of the car, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, if she had tiramisu, Come she on. could have had fucking um, spoons too. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, imagine she handed me sort of spoons. Yeah, just like, I don't know, in a pandemic, I'm not using... I mean, I'll take the tiramisu and possibly eat it, but I'm not fucking using someone else's spoons. Like, I've been to a chip shop a few times... Um, with a friend, so we've had to eat them outside. And I've taken my own fork with me because I'm not using my hands and I'm not using those stupid little fucking wooden forks. I love using them. Uh, because I won't be able to get enough in my gob. Uh, so anyway, so what a date. <laughs> How, what, what out of, and, you know, if we were to rate the tiramisu <laughs> out of five... Five spoons. Oh, so you're going to say the woman or the date. I was like, okay. <laughs> How many uh, spoons would you give in? Well, it says, it says a lot that we would rate the tiramisu more, not the date. We'll, we'll get onto that in a second. <laughs> the date's like... Well, all you, well I mean, you just said like all you did was walk around this. and you don't know what this person looked like. So basically, you might as well have just been on the phone. Yeah. Well, this is the th- and this is the funny thing. So we were chatting on a dating app for like two days before we met. And on the on a day or something, there'd been like a day or something, I hadn't bothered replying. And she then sent a kind of like follow-up of like, so she'd messaged last and I hadn't replied for that day or so. And she replied again, sort of saying, oh, hey, how's your day been? And so I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to reply now because otherwise, you know, because she's getting a bit, what's he? And so then we had the date and I was like, oh, you know, if you want to meet up again 
I'd be up for a walk and like, you know, hanging out or whatever. And she's like, oh yeah, how about we get a coffee again, fucking outside next week? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, great. But she's like not messaged since then. The next week would be next week still. Um, this week for listeners, probably Lee gets his bloody finger out um, <laughs> to edit. Uh, so it's really weird where it's like there's more chat and conversation pre-meet than post-meet, which isn't normally how it goes. Or it can go that way, but it's a bit odd where it's like, yeah, yeah, I like you enough to want to see you next week. Don't really want to talk to you before then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, to, don't want to interact with you, mate. Uh, which is a bit odd. But, um, but yeah, so I'd probably see her. But I had another date with a Saudi Arabian woman and we talked about how the UK to her felt a bit like a third world country. <laughs> well, it kind of like, is. Well, you know, you are in Sheffield. Don't be too, you know. <laughs> um, no, um, that's like, yeah. weird. I have many questions as per usual when you say anything. So this walking date, did you just walk around in circles? Or did you actually like go I mean, to I can give you the, the like, full geographic area. <laughs> no, no, just, no, just to sort of like, did you else? sort of meet somewhere, go Not around circles. it in like a loop? Yeah, yes, we met somewhere. We didn't. <laughs> no, no. We didn't like pl- plug in our like, you know, neural links and fly off into the space. Oh, what movie box. is that from? Elon Musk on Joe Rogan, I think. But anyway, so yeah, we just like met Demolition Man when part, they like then, go on a date yeah. and they put their headsets on. Do you remember that? Doesn't seem like they kind they of... They demolish stuff? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, what's the de- demolition, man? You, what's the point? You, what's the name? Oh, my God. You don't know this movie? It's Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. I know of it. I've heard of it, and I just assumed it was blokes and big trucks smashing things. I'm not joking. Um, so, uh, basically, it's it. like it's, it's, it's like starts off in the, like, I don't know, 90s or, like, early 2000s version. No, no. The 90s version of the early 2000s, I should say, something like that. Anyway. Oh, right. God, yeah. Um, and like everything's gone to hell and, you know, so relatively accurate. Um, and then <laughs> Just Wesley, off, you know. <laughs> Wesley Snipes like kills a load of people and they cryogenically freeze him. Like his prison okay. sentence is uh, being like yeah, cryogenically okay. frozen. And then yeah. because Sylvester Stallone didn't stop him from killing all these people, <laughs> He gets punished as well, so he gets cryogenically frozen. Anyway, uh, yeah, a bunch of time passes, well. and uh, they're in the future, and um, there is a whole reason why they get released, but they get released. <laughs> um, but it's in the future, and it's like Los Angeles, and like everything's sort of shiny and pristine. Um, you know, you're not you're allowed to, it's meant to like be. physical contact. The um, like you're not allowed to swear or you get fined and is, that, is Gary um, Sandbrook still talking to big dinners? <laughs> well no, because so basically like so basically there's a whole like big earthquake thing and everything is destroyed. Like all restaurants and things are destroyed except Taco <laughs> Bell. So like all restaurants are Taco right. Bell. Um and like fine oh, dining that, Taco that Bell and stuff like that. It's fucking that's weird. That's to that sponsorship, totally awful. Yeah. But at one point, um, Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock go on a date and then she's like do you want to have sex and he's like yeah sure um, and they put on these headsets and they have oh, like wow. virtual sex because they can't touch each other it's really fucking weird uh, it's wait, very wait, funny. what's the reason that people can't touch each other 
I, I can't remember. That's going into more detail. I think it's like just sort of like, you know, like physical thing. intimacy or something is like COVID, not basically. Maybe something. it was COVID. Basically, Maybe yeah. this film like predicted everything. It predicted, uh, yeah, COVID, you can't touch people, Can it, neural links, and uh, Gary Sambrook having to be forced <coughs> to eat in Taco Bell, uh, which he's probably getting now via delivery. So, Do you have Taco Bell in England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, you get like one per city. Yeah, it's not like Burger King, there'll be like four. McDonald's will be seven. Yeah, one on the outskirts, two in the centre, one or <laughs> It's uh and most people I've met that avoid just said they hate them. I've never met anyone who says I would like it. Uh so I'm not sure how it's still going as a an enterprise in the UK, but you know. Well in America you can get like so Tucker Bell and Pizza Hut and KFC are owned by PepsiCo, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so in America, you get some places which are like a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell in one building. Four. And they're like, they have like co-joined kitchens. There's even a song about it. Um, nice. Yeah. How good were you at the old Pizza Hut, uh, all-you-can-eat dessert, which always sounded good, but it's you've just eaten a fat pizza. And they're like, go for it. Eat whatever amount of dessert you want, guys. And it's like a couple of mouthfuls. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, so, like, I'm literally the most boring person in the world. So I only really, I mean, like, I like ice cream. And, but like, I genuinely like my favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla. And so I would just get <laughs> vanilla ice cream. Occasionally I would get some wrinkles, oh, sometimes nice. a bit of sauce. But if I could just yeah, have a oh, whole load of vanilla ice sauce. cream, then I would just have vanilla ice cream. Like the soft stuff. Good. That's all right. um, well, you know, yeah, well, I think that's usually pretty good. Obviously, you never had like Ben and Jerry's uh, cow bungus bum hole or whatever. Oh, no, I like, like I've it. had those. I'll, I'll occasionally have them. But I mean, if I go to like a restaurant and they have like ice cream flavors, and if I want an ice cream, if I'm feeling particularly childish, I will just have a vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, getting. An ice cream, like, I wonder if that should be a thing where it's like, what kind of restaurant are you in with all the adults eating ice cream? Probably most have something of that ilk. Mm. Um, but it is, I don't know, I can barely remember eating in, in restaurants, to be honest. Like, they're, they're <laughs> so basically, there's three things that I will have for a dessert. It's a creme brulee, a sticky toffee pudding, <laughs> or an ice cream. This is like my, my three favourite desserts. To finish it off. Yeah. Well, you know, but it's the sort of Spot like, you know, if you want to see like how good a restaurant is, like how good like the desserts are in a restaurant, just try the creme brulee if they have it. It's a good sort of yeah. barometer of quality. Yeah. The thing is, though, is that once you're, you're eating vegan. the creme brulee, you're quite far into the evening. <laughs> so you're sort of fucked if it is shit. So <laughs> no, for, for sure. creme brulee, I'm going to have three mouthfuls before I get into a linguine. <laughs> Um, linguine, I don't know exactly, whatever. Um, it's a type of yeah. pasta, yes. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I think. Do you call it a linguine? Probably not. <laughs> you wouldn't say, "Oh, I'm going to have a linguine for dinner," because it's like, "Well, what does that mean? One thread of linguine." Actually, I've just got to realize I'm just staring at this fucking. I've got this Gary Sandbrook fucking Google Images page <laughs> open. It's horrible. Sorry, I just got to get rid of that. Grim. <laughs> 
Um, well, I mean, spaghetti is the plural and spaghetto is the singular. So Spaghetto? I, that's got to be made up. I'm pretty sure that's right. Okay. This is a pro- yeah, this is like uh uh an issue I cuz I got I wonder yeah that what those kind of things so a pro- problem in English is the plural for some stuff, you know, so like I've noticed foreigners from all countries and languages can't get the thing where you say one fish a billion fish that blows all cuz it's it's a completely dumb plural rule or like thing. So everyone, French, Japanese, I'm just listing people who have, like, had girlfriends from these places. <laughs> They've made that mistake. Like, and they'll say fish, like, fish, or like a million fishes. Um, and I think you only get it with hair as well. So people will say his hairs, referring to just that, we say in English, hair. And it that makes sense that it's wrong. Like, the, what we say is basically weird. And I guess other languages don't work like that because it's like yeah it's not one fucking hair though is it it's lots of hairs but anyway i don't really know what's going into no that, but, um, there there is a reason yeah. for that um and i used to teach this years ago and now it's completely gone out of my head as to what the explanation for it is but it's to do with countable and uncountable nouns uh but hair is but is this a very, is it an english thing english, yeah yeah uh, not so much in other languages well, I mean, <clears throat> so you have – hold on. Now I actually have to use my brain a little bit. I wasn't expecting this. Um, yeah, this so in other languages, you get <laughs> – so it's the same It's the same <laughs> similar sort of thing where you have uh, collective nouns. So like, you know, a herd of yep. sheep. No. Heard a cow, whatever. Um, like other languages have like those sorts of things, um, but you know, like the sort of the measure that you would count uh, nouns, collective nouns. Um, but in terms of whether you would have uncountable, yeah, because I mean, you know, fishes, a million fish. Like one, it's the same word for one and a million. That does seem odd, I think. But I mean, when you speak French, what is fish? Is poisson? What is the plural? Yeah. I think it, yeah. I don't know. No, but don't they add an <laughs> S? Not, don't they add an S and then fishes. they just don't say the S? So you can only Hang on. tell it's plural in writing. Whether in spoken, it's I'm the same word. Oh, no, no. So, yeah, it's the same. So it's. Poisson. Oh no, hang on. Wait, so I've just written that in. <laughs> oh, okay, so you put <laughs> it's like, oh it's the same, because it's the same fucking word I've put in. Um it says de poisson. So as you use some, so you'll say so instead of just saying So fit Yeah, because what well, we do say fish is, don't we? Hang on, wait, wait, wait. A billion fish. Because that's what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. A milliard de poisson. So, uh, so I don't know what the point is. <laughs> yes, there's an S on the end of that. Yeah, but my point being, you Whereas wouldn't we say don't, the S. We don't write it as a, a billion fishes. We just write a billion fish. Yeah. 
So, and like hair, you know. I don't know why we got into this conversation. Shiver. How did we get I don't here? know. I don't <laughs> bloody know. I, was, I wanted to talk about um, UFOs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a UFO special, as you can tell. Yeah. And we were we wanted to record this about three times, and each time something happened to Lee. You know what? Don't blame me. At Lee H Bennett, tell him to fucking. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So so and and it kind of. But yeah, it's a bit weird because we've not really had that. But we have had it obviously where we've cancelled like once. Hold on, Pete. Where one of us is on the day just hey, can't hey, do it or whatever. Hey, hey. Just carry on, Pete. I'll be back in a minute. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we've got um, a, a beautiful moment of father-tending child. Um, I mean, if child, if child could get knotted pretty quickly, that'd be good. <laughs> Um, maybe if, maybe if, maybe if Lee tells his daughter that Uncle Pete's on the line, well, that'd probably just scare the shit out of her. <laughs> oh, no, Uncle Pete's give her nightmares. Um, actually, when Lee comes back, I don't know if Lee's keeping this in the edit. He may well be. We can only hope for your sake, Mister. He's not. But. Uh, when he comes back, I'll ask him why exactly I'm not the Godfather. <laughs> um, yeah. Ugh. So it's just us. Me and you, listener. I've not really got anything to say. Um, what was that? Who was that bloke? Gary? Yeah, well, actually, I don't, I just, when I think of Gary now, I thought, I think about Gary Shan. Sorry, I'm drunk. So, uh, what I would say, if you're interested in UFOs, just, uh, just, I don't know, look, go on YouTube, look at Joe Rogan talking to people about UFOs, which I did whilst getting mashed up about a week ago. And I watched like a whole, like hours of this stuff. And there's one, it's like Joe Rogan talks to Bob Lazar, L-A-Z-A-R, uh, who, claims to have worked at Area 51 and he it's quite interesting because he's quite boring and interesting and knowledgeable but he's like a dull dweebish guy oh is that Lee back getting listening into the Bennett household can you hear me yeah now I can alright I've been like trying to say can you hear me for ages and you've been talking about <laughs> <laughs> Really? That's fucking weird. Now, I don't know, don't know what we happened. We can keep there. that in. We can keep that in. That's pure gold. I will cut some of it out because it was mostly me just going, Pete, can you hear me? Pete, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Well, that, no, but that, that is for, for the uh, the hobbyists or something, <coughs> for the real diehard fans. That will be fucking, I'll be loving that. Put it out as an Easter egg. <laughs> Pete, can you hear me? No, he's just talking away. Did you hear the bit about am I, why am I not? Uh, your daughter's godfather no okay you told her that Uncle Pete's on the line and she just you know felt more comfortable after that and drifted off to sleep no she's um, she, she just sort of like yeah. silently opened the door and I was like ooh <laughs> but, yeah anyway 
Um, but anyway, sorry, Bob Lazar, Joe yeah, Rogan, very special. Where were you? Did you watch that when I sent it to you? I did not watch it. No. Oh god, this <laughs> is all teed up for the UFO special. Didn't even fucking watch it. I think my brother watched it. Actually, my brother was at. He said he was up till midnight uh, watching um, like a few days ago. Uh, and he's working full time and stuff. Still, and he's up till midnight watching uh, the Alex Jones and Joe Rogan uh, interview, uh, which actually was quite interesting because. Uh, they're like friends ish, and I think Rogan did a very good job of like reining Alex Jones in. And any time Alex Jones just said some shite, Joe Rogan said, "Right, wait, stop. When we're gonna look that up, we're gonna find out if that is a thing." And the worrying thing is, a lot of the time they were, and you're like, "Fuck." <laughs> um, yeah, you're like maybe he's not making it all up. Um, yes yeah, so do you believe in aliens i do i think the i i take the do you know calvin and Hobbes, the comic book strip comic strip only through you sharing it on a whatsapp thread four years ago i think all right okay um there's a <coughs> a strip where Clear throat. uh there's a strip where calvin says that Hobbes, his stuffed yeah. animal that comes alive that the uh, surest sign of life in the universe is that it hasn't tried to contact us um, which has always made me think, yeah, I would back that as a sort of, you know, if anything came like sort of close to earth, it'd be like, Ooh, oh, thank you. Um, it's sort of like, you know, if you go into a pub and there's that <laughs> like one camp. guy, oh, no, no, thank huh? you. That's slightly camp. It's like, Oh no, thank you. <laughs> Turn it around boys. There's all these aliens and hot pants or something. Uh, no, it's like, it's like if you imagine walking into a pub, right? And it's the beginning of the night, but there's someone oh, sitting yeah. at the end of the bar and you're like, you should really avoid talking to that person because the more they drink, the weirder they will be and they already look fucking weird. And like any no, sort of sorry, interaction why, why with them. Why are you them, bringing up Aaron in this? My friend Aaron, pardon? what are you? Why are you about my friend Aaron? Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, That's just generally, like, I, I, I think that, um, you know, if aliens had any interdimensional, interstellar uh, travel experience, well, the first thing that they would do would be to observe something yeah. that was moving from a distance and then be like, no, that's, that's not... Uh, that's not worth interacting with. It's like it's like stumbling upon a pile of worms. You wouldn't, well, maybe if you were weird enough, you would play with the worms and make them your friends. But you know, like yeah, maybe know. there's like teenager aliens out there, or like, well, don't think teenagers play with worms, but like <laughs> that's what I was doing. <laughs> he wasn't playing with worms when I was seventeen. Um, no, but like five-year-old aliens of their equivalent would be. Mm kind of messing around no but i think any other species of whatever intelligent life would be intrigued by any other species of some <laughs> any other species of intelligent life even if it's of low intelligence to them uh even in sort of offhand 
amusement or you know like i guess a sort of equivalent i remember like you'd always get in star trek you'd have like the federation with like the the what's the, the what they're called the ferengi mm. and the ferengi like remind humanity of like us at our worst now and we've come overcome that like basically the ferengi is i guess like capitalists and entrepreneurial and business sort of like and mm. hu- humanity kind of look at them with a sort of Oh God! I, you know, oh, the Ferengi are the, like the ones that are like, if you squint hard enough, like there, it's quite anti-Semitic. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is that <laughs> okay. a, is that a theory? In I, at least that's no, is it? No, when it? when you say that, uh, like that's what the only thing. I, I mean, I know the characters that you're talking about, but I don't know it. No, well, I mean, um, they're an alien species. I don't really think they're connected with, like, anything to do with Jewish people. No, but the idea that, like, the features and, like, they're sort of because they're capitalists and stuff. Um, yeah, sure. That people took it as a very... Um, okay. Critics have drawn comparisons think... between the Ferengi and anti-Semitic stereotypes of Jews. Really? I doubt well, the originators have stated his, that. God rest his soul. That, yeah, so the, the people that came up with it, the originators said, said that they intended the Ferengi to represent Americans in greed. People have taken it to be uh, anti-Semitic. Anyway, um, yes. I don't think Gene Roddenberry would have let that fly or been into that as an idea, but I don't know. But um, I'm just anyway, reading the Wikipedia so page. Even if it's a species that's like, you know, hundreds of years advanced, whatever advanced means beyond our kind of capabilities, I think there'd still be some interest. But also just, yeah, general keeping an eye on us. You know, and there's, there's, like, I love the Star Trek film First Contact, where you've got, like, I think the Vulcans, like, know we're there. And they've, like, sort of, yeah, noted, okay, there's Earth, there's humanity. But we'll leave them alone because they're pre-warp civilization, so we shouldn't get involved. And then the whole film is around uh, our first like warp flight, which was when the Vulcans notice us and we have first contacts. And the whole thing is like the Borg in like twenty three hundred or whatever is fighting humanity, and then goes back in time to stop us in twenty fifty having first contact with the Vulcans because it's easier to stop us or whatever bullshit. Uh, but, you know, that kind of thing where it's like we'll reach a certain level and then it would either be like, okay, we destroy them because that's a point where we can't have them fucking around with us or we sort of make ourselves known to them because they'll kind of get it and we can't avoid them anymore because they will be out there and we're going to bump into them. I mean, or, or there's the other thing of like, which I think is quite a high chance... Um, civilizations after a certain point sort of turn back in on themselves rather than outside so if you just think of like virtual reality now it's pretty crap still but imagine what we can do virtual reality in like a hundred years going by what the world is like and like environmental degradation like I've always thought The Matrix is like one of my favourite films and it's great but it's kind of like a bit wrong headed I think people would actually be quite up for plugging themselves in because we're already doing that by choice, but plugging themselves in and avoiding the real world. So you're in a tube and you can be fed, you know, you'll feel well slept, blah, 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 blah. And you live in a world where it's pain-free, struggle-free, hassle-free, whatever. 
Hasselhoff free as well. Um, and I think people would be up for that, generally. They'd, they'd, if they could, get themselves into that system. That, and so there's the idea that, yeah, at a certain like, level, uh, civilizations just turn in on themselves and live in a virtual sense uh, rather than... It's easier, isn't it, than sort of... Anything you do out in the galaxy is going to be harder than creating the best virtuality experience and existence you can imagine. I think to an extent, I, I mean, I, I think there was still in a very age of discovery mentality. And so I think, you know, like space and the universe will always be interesting and will always sort of call to people. Um, I think that for a lot of people, I mean, I think it also depends on your existence in itself in terms of like, if you could choose to plug in and tune out, for example, for a lot of people that would be better than their current existence. Whereas that's not necessarily the case for everyone. And so I think that is also how, how much it would depend. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, when Elon Musk is talking about, you know, building his Mars base and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, even if you can't, afford it what they'll do is uh they'll loan you the money for the ticket to mars and when you get there you'll have to work to pay off your loan which you know like elon musk yeah. you know fascinatingly uh reinvents indentured servitude um <laughs> but um you know like but there would be enough people that are like that would agree to do it just because you know or like prisoners as well there'd be people who there'd yeah be people who have to do it but I mean, well, yeah, exactly. But um, no, I mean, I think there's enough people that are tired of existence on Earth for the, if you gave them the opportunity to tune out, they would. I completely agree with that. Um, but at the same time, I think there are still enough people that are saying like, well, yes, my existence here is essentially meaningless. I might as well go <laughs> fling myself out into space and see what happens. I mean, is there really much difference at the end of the day? I don't. I don't really think so, but I mean that's getting this is getting a little bit far away from aliens. Philosophical. Um, no, but well, I meant, uh, just as as a thing on that, I saw a thing the other day. Neil Neil Tyson Degrassis or whatever it is, his name is uh, Neil Degrassis Tyson. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, he he was saying something like whatever it. Okay, so let's say the Earth is a bit is quite fucked. Yeah, he said mm. whatever it takes to take a billion humans to Mars and terraform the planet so that we can exist on it, you'll need a tiny percentage of that effort will sort Earth out. So there's never a point where it's easier to go to Mars, move, oh. a, probably you'd said it'd probably take about a billion people to sort of properly be able to sort of, you know, colonise it. Sort that planet out from a barren husk to something that will never be easier than the cost and the effort involved in ensuring Earth is uh, live habitable oh, yeah. and like Absolutely. good life but here, I mean, like, that kind of thing. Um, but I think both could end up being too difficult. So people live it like what you've just been saying. Like people live a very crap version of like 
tune out like like zonk out and stare at your screen and live in a kind of semi-virtual world you know you got you know korean lads live like wearing nappies playing computer games 28 you know hours or whatever and people actually do that i mean obviously it's a minority but people live in this sort of semi real world half the real half the virtual world and it's like and that's on a really shit version of that existence so if you could make it like the matrix where you're like living inside something and that thing is like a utopian-esque existence i can't imagine anyone turning that down to, to an extent and i reckon there'd be an actual kind of proletariat out in the real world servicing yeah. those people and um, maintenance those would be the people and everyone else would sort of be inside it and then there'd be like the maintenance people and like a lower rung of society would be like just doing the cleanup on earth and making sure you know they extract the energy to maintain these systems keep people alive do any sort of medical stuff whatever kind of thing uh, no but i mean it's like yeah, you aliens. know when you talk like about um the effort it would take to colonize mars is more than the effort it would take to fix the planet i mean that's uh, like to me that seems really obvious that like the there is no political will to fix the planet but there is the economic incentive to go to mars um from you know like i mean no no for, for, for the people that are making space rockets yeah you know i mean it's not like those are uh national or international space programs they're private companies so there is for them the economic incentive is make it sound as glamorous as you can be on the you yeah, know yeah. final frontier. I don't know how you make money off that in the sense of the scale you'd require to make a profit off it. I mean, yeah, I can you can totally make a profit off taking someone out of the atmosphere and have them orbit Earth. Although even then, I mean, we're still talking about that's tough. To still, you know, obviously, to get to that level. Where they're like, mm. oh, look, look, you know, you get, I mean, you know, lots of people would like to do that. I mean, it'd be amazing, you know, like going and seeing the planet or whatever from outside the atmosphere. Um, but I'm not sure, I don't know how you make it like economically viable to go and terraform or set up Biosphere One on Mars. I, I don't think it's you know? about necessarily making it economically viable in that. I think that it's really easy to convince people to give you money to do that, to set, to, to, it's, it's very easy to sell that dream regardless of like if you, if Elon Musk Possibly. went out and said like, all right, I am now selling tickets to Mars without having a concrete plan or anything like that. People would give him money to do it. And yeah, you know, and I mean people, but what would their existence be there? It, it would be. The, chances are they wouldn't first. fucking get there in the first place. I mean, like yeah, it's, there's that, but it's decades of it just being a rock more than decades so that's the thing you need scale you need probably like millions of people at least hundreds of thousands there because people will die and stuff and people get ill people want to come back or whatever mm. you know to make it into a even just the first shittest settlement um I, I just don't know what, you know, like if, you'd get all the usual sort of people like scientists type people, astronauts just kind of Super, the people who like give up their lives to an extent to do this because that's you know there are those people but they need a sort of entire you know like mass of people behind them to come and do the yeah you know, the ditch digging kind of stuff mm. and yeah i, I mean everybody thinks that like think oh, you know they'll do that 
there'll be like a worthwhile like sort of your average person that's going to mars you're not going to be like sitting around having a good time you're going to be fucking like basically in the slums digging ditches and doing really really yeah. shit things for a really long time and i mean you know it's it's just this you know it's another planet where you people can be exploited and i mean and the reason i think that there is you know like from a capitalist point of view that there is an economic incentive for it is that like i said people like people are fanboys of elon musk for no reason i mean he is not some super genius um i mean he's clever sure but i mean yeah, yeah. It's not like he's a self-made millionaire or anything like that i mean his father owned a fucking emerald mine in bloody south africa um yeah. you know so it's like for people it's it's like you know and i you know maybe it's it's because i read reddit and twitter and you know, whenever like Elon Musk says something, people are fucking fawning over themselves of like, oh my God, like take me with you. Like, yeah, sure. And sort of what, he's not going to be your friend. Like what, what stop well, being in the role of yeah. capitalists. I mean, well, that's, that's always been the case, I guess, you know, back to Rockefeller or whatever. But I mean, think, uh, I think also is this idea that the, the, uh, is it SpaceX? Is yeah. that, is that his company? No. Uh, that seems to be linked with his wealth and success, even though it's gotten zero to do with his wealth, which is obviously like PayPal and Tesla. Obviously PayPal in the past, but like Tesla. Uh, so, but because of that, that how that's doing, it's regarded as like one and the same. And so you kind of see it as like, oh, we're well, successfully doing these things that, obviously NASA did literally 50 years ago which he's even pointed out himself to his credit mm. thank god because there was a bit of a point where I was just like yeah they put a car in space into fucking orbit with a couple of dummies in it and it's like you know they put whatever you want to say about Buzz Aldrin he's not a dummy no they put <laughs> yeah Neil Armstrong and uh, Buzz Aldrin up on a on a fucking moon 60 years ago or 50 years ago so obviously putting a car of a fucking cup dummy is almost embarrassing for the species. It's like, oh, we're back. But what learning. I find like weird um, about Elon Musk is that he doesn't even, he thinks everything's a simulation anyway. So yeah. it's sort of like why, like, so he basically like plays the game. I mean, he's fortunate enough to play life like it is a game because he's so wealthy. Uh, and he doesn't believe no, it's real what, uh, yeah, to begin okay. with. And yet, and that's what I find deeply concerning is that the, of the people that are in thrall of him is that like, this is a man that like, he has no scruples whatsoever. I mean, he joked about, uh, what was it in Bolivia? They cut yeah, off. Chile, Bolivia, um, Bolivia. Yeah. Uh, cutting that's, off. That's um, literally because that was his business, wasn't it? In terms of the tap, what's it? I was about to say tannin. <laughs> yeah, no, it was lith- lithium mines. Yeah. And joking about, oh, you know, we'll just give him a coup. And it's sort of like, like, I get you're joking, and people wow. understand, well, like, joking and not joking. I mean, this is this is a sort of, he's very fortunate enough to be in this position where, like, haha, yes, that's very funny, but also, yeah, I could yeah. imagine you actually doing that. And then people being like, haha, that's actually funny, and then, like, oh, my God, there's a, Q, a coup in Bolivia. And... Yeah. um. But he is in a position to be able to make those jokes and 
also at the same time be deadly serious. Um, and oh, yeah, that, totally. and that's what I find is really disturbing about him. Um, well, what's weird about that whole thing with like the billionaires is that you have the billionaires that people like and don't like, but they're all fucking billionaires lording it up over everyone else. So no. he's kind of like the hipsters billionaire because he's a bit yeah he makes flamethrowers. Yeah, he's like, he's like a sort of ten year old to some extent, um, yeah. and uh, you know he's got what's it you know the big dumb company or whatever it is or boring corporation and they sort of fake flamethrowers and all this horse shit and it's like like I like for example I can't imagine I don't know it's tricky because it's like if I had all this money would I start a company that made flamethrowers on the side or or with that money would I've done something better I can't I'm obviously not in that situation so it'd be bullshit means that I'll give it all to Palestinian charities because you know that's just (laughs) bollocks but like I think I would do things that are worthwhile with it but I'm not sure I'd set up a it's like if yeah it's like well it's just you know I don't uh, anyway so it's but that's also another I mean that like taps into something entirely different is uh, like when billionaires give money to charity it's like oh you know look how much money they give to charity and you mean like look how much tax write-offs they get well okay but okay so there's a point though where it's like I mean, sometimes rich people, I've seen rich people like Warren Buffett, like beg the US government to raise tax. It, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he pays more tax. He can't just send them checks. No. You know, like, so even if he wants to pay more tax, he can't do it unless structure changes. And there are billionaires who are like, like Bill Gates. So I was going to say, so Elon Musk is the cool billionaire. And then there's like Bill Gates, who is either wants to like, you know, enslave us all. Or is just a boring twat in cardigans doing philanthropy. And it's like, well, why do you... I mean, you know, uh, my mum always had a theory that, you know, it's better to have, like, more boring politician, the better. uh, Because it probably means they're not, like, you know, maniacal, wanting to take over the world sort of stuff. And I think at the time when she was saying this, it was like, like, John Major in power. And, Mm. you know, she didn't like his politics and stuff, but it's like... He doesn't want to take over the world. He doesn't have a messianic vision like Thatcher and Blair type people. He's just some bloke in a suit, you know? Mm. So, but is Elon Musk, yeah, he's like, oh, I want to, you know, colonize fucking Mars. Bill Gates, even, so he's got all the money in the world. He could be spending all his time making flamethrowers, but he's going on and on and on about the environmental situation. I don't like Bill Gates. I wish he didn't have his money or his power, or personal power from that money. But, that's all he talks about musk you know he's into it you can tell because obviously it fucking blows up his stock price at tesla Mm. um and he doesn't like it is interesting because he is seen as an intelligent stuff but like bill gates like sit down quietly and write a book about like the environment situation yeah whereas elon musk will get on twitter and like when he's high and start joking about bullshit and you just kind of like yeah, I mean, you know, and there could be a really disturbing future where people just rally around their billionaire, and that yeah. could be our dystopia waiting for us. Uh, not that far off because it's already sort of happening, like you're saying when you see on Reddit and Twitter and stuff, and that's pretty fucking weird. But not that, but you know, because they've just done it in America, Trump. You know, like they'll rally around millionaire. You know, it doesn't have to be a millionaire. It could be like uh, a Boris Johnson type person who's you know born with multiple silver spoons in his mouth. And people that he would regard as total plebs uh, will vote for him and cheer him on and regard him as like them. 
Mm. And you're like, he wouldn't fucking spit on you if it, <laughs> like, what, you know, for a t- for a tanner, you know. Uh, and it, it is strange. Um, yeah. So yeah, aliens probably exist, but um, no. But I mean, I think that like, but also, um, in in some sense, like, if we're gonna return to aliens, like, I do, like. I, I mean, I, I really like sci-fi films. I mean, I guess we both sci-fi stories and stuff like that. And I guess we both do. When I was watching one the other day called Battle Los Angeles, um, which is terrible. It's not a very good film at all. Mm. The graphics are poor. Storyline is poor. No, the storyline is good. Everything else about it is poor. Um, well, not the storyline even. The premise of it the is pl- very the, good. The premise, yeah. I think I've heard yeah. of this and I've heard this like years ago. And, yeah, people said the premise is good, but the whole execution's yeah, pot um, and you know, and it is literally like, um, you know, like imagine like, and they make reference to it. It's like when the colonizers, um, but you know, when the pilgrims met the native Americans, um, yeah. you know, it's sort of, when you sort of find out how to extract resources and anyone that gets in your way. Um, gets obliterated and the idea of it like so like when I think of aliens I think like one thing is fucking like if they did if we if they do exist and they have encountered us um, it's probably a good thing that they've left us alone because if they decided that we would have something of value I mean it would be like you know what is this? Is a, I had like a good Conquistadors, basically. Yeah, like Conquistadors. You know, it's just sort of the way, like, or like, you know, it could be, what's it, the way an ant regards a boot, you know? Yeah. Um, well, look, but that's a very. Okay, so there's. I mean, so we're looking at this, though, through. Because obviously, you know, all our analogies are based on humanity, mm. like Conquistadors. Mm. the British, you know, just general, like, you know, you exploit and rape and pillage people weaken you. But we've got to bear in mind, it is hard now when everything is shit and we just assume the worst of everything and every one and then we extrapolate that for, like, other species that are purely theoretical. But we could be talking about Vulcans out there or something of that ilk, a species of that ilk where they literally just have reached a sort of certain civilizational level where they don't want to destroy one another because also there's that point where if an alien species don't, isn't destroying itself perhaps they've got to a point where they don't want to destroy anyone else uh, because humanity will never really get out of the planet prob- well this is a big statement but like off the planet or properly out of the solar system without working together but then if you've watched The Expanse not that it's documentary, that is probably possible. But um but Do you watch the expense? goes far. I've seen some of it, but it was so dark and dystopian, I was like, I can't take this at the moment. If I'm gonna watch sci fi it has to be a bit more like Trek type stuff where I have no, to I mean, like, clock out. The, the expense is basically like imagine if like humans do shed off this yeah. earthly coil and get into space. Yeah. The the expense is exactly what would happen. Uh, in terms of like exploitation, <laughs> probably, yeah, uh, probably you know, warring factions. That's yeah. So, but this, see, this is what I. So that's the that's what I would challenge. Probably like that if is getting off the planet properly in large enough numbers 
which will require such coordination um, and like co-working across the entire planet and species that I'm not I don't think one comes without the other and I'm not sure you can have like you know one part the species like blowing up another and then at the same time colonising other planets I mean at the moment just because you wouldn't have enough people really to do that mm. um it is no, but I mean, they use, they use a sort of very typical sci-fi trope and, you know, the, the, they call it, interestingly, the Epstein drive, which is a sort of, you know, way to uh, um, uh, travel <laughs> very fast through space. Um, but I mean, but the thing that what I found, what I find really good about the expense, I mean, I, I read the books as well as watch the series, okay. um, is that it's very... It's so human in that, yeah. like, you can, like, the reactions are not, you know, oh, this is the bright future. It's, but, I mean, the, what, what yeah, actually, sure. what I find really interesting, it's like, I don't remember when I was, when we were at university and we were doing, um, uh, I can't remember what lecture it was, but social contract theory. And it's sort of like your choice of social contract theory, like whether it be like Locke or Rousseau, like your vision of the state of nature and how humans come interact with each other, like how you define it is very much based on how you see other people. And I've always been yeah, sure. like very Hobbesy in, in that, you know, yeah. state of nature is fucking brutal, man. Yeah. Um, and that is, um, you know, it's nasty, brutish, and short. Like, people are fucking dickheads, and they will always be dickheads to each other. You know, like, people say, like, oh, you know, we have altruism, you see altruism in nature and stuff. Like, yeah, but if nah, that, man, yeah. like, people are pigs to a man. Like, Okay, wait, 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 but, but they've been different level of pigs. So, for example, you have what you have now, but as a, as a totality of a system, you don't have slavery, for example. So there is still slavery, but it's not uh, to the at the mass sort of level where it is the system. It's a tiny thing that's like a, a hangover from when we were living in a society that's run by slavery or like the mm. economy like requires slavery, which it doesn't now. Uh, it requires wage, wage slavery, but that's a different thing. There's no feudalism. So if we, if we were purely just like, yeah, state of nature, barbarism, there's no change in that. Why would we have moved from slavery, like feudalism, slavery, or, you know, because it's obviously different kinds of slavery that's sort of pre-feudalism slavery and then post-feudalism slavery, but like uh, and in capitalism, uh, that's the thing. So it's not a linear form of, like, I mean, I'm not, like, I don't think there's some, like, you know, I'm not, like, Marxist that thinks it's, like, some teleological... Uh, move towards like you go through stages and just reach mm. you know perfection or something uh but i do think it is possible so it's possible you have the expanse is completely possible but also completely possible because in, in again in star trek and i and everyone has to go back to thinking about star trek because it's so easy now in a 20 year 30 year period where everything's shit to just think in the expanse mindset yeah. but that is very you know if you were in the 60s and that is when Star Trek began, and that is when Gene Roddenberry thought about it, because people were in a point where, like, there's civil rights movement, there's the students' movement, there's a workers' movement, you almost had a revolution in a European country, uh, things changed the US. They could go, oh, imagine, you know, if we extrapolate from this, 
things might get better in the future so we create Star Trek whereas now everyone's it's one fucking dystopian sci-fi after the other and that's why I'm getting very bored of it and I get it because it's just reflecting the society now and the people writing them are in those societies and you can't extract them from it but it would be nice if someone sat down again like Gene Roddenberry type as and thought oh imagine if you know it was you know why don't we just not just assume that everything's going to be like this sort of 50 year period because that's a very short time but anyway so in Star Trek, before the Federation, which has all the different species and from different planets coming together, you had United Earth. So it's kind of like the UN as like a world government, as Alex Jones is continuously warning us about. <laughs> so maybe he was right. Maybe he watched Star Trek once. Like, so, you know, there's the series of Star Trek that's uh, Enterprise, which was like panned. And yeah, it was a bit pony, but like about three years ago, I think I remembered like came back from Switzerland, was depressed, had nothing to do, and just sort of watched it all the way through. And uh, even though it's badly executed as a series, it, there was some nice bits, because it's a prequel before most of the other stuff, um, the other Star Trek series. It's like, I think it's early next century, I'm not sure, or later this century. I think ent- like, that's the like, only one I've not watched. So yeah, I've watched the original, I've watched Next Generation. I've watched bits of yeah. Deep, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is great, but like, but so this is like, it feels a bit closer to home because, and there's stuff like you know they 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 don't know they're like scared to use transporters because it's new technology and everyone thinks it's going to like obliterate them, and uh, there's no federation. I think yeah, and the Vulcans are treating us like they don't read the sort of like upright sort of shaved apes kind of going around into the sort of galaxy fucking things up and they keep having to bail us out of dodgy situations <laughs> and we get to a point where we don't want that anymore and we're being like patronised and sort of controlled by them a bit and we sort of break out of that and making first connections with some of the other like the Andorans who become like part of Ferocious sort of stuff so but you have United Earth and that I think will be required to to yeah to do anything interesting in the galaxy other than Oh, there's like a mine mining colony on Mars that Elon Musk Jr. the third or whatever is like, you know, uh what's the word like not em- but you know, uh what's the word like sort of uh what's the word for like in like Empire stuff where it's like the person who's overseeing it, but it's not Empire, Emperor, but it's like a sort of pr- protectorate type person or something. Uh protector, I guess. Yeah, of like of Mars, and then there's sort of like a mining colony, or yeah, it's a penal colony. It's like the Australia of space, you know. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and you know, that, and basically, if it is all in that it way, yeah, we'll do those kind of things, but it'll be fucking shit, and it'll be on that kind of, it won't really go beyond, far beyond that. But if it's United Earth going, look, let's pool our resources, let's have collective responsibility on things, let's work together. Let's go out as one group. Let's do it. So it's then, um, then yeah, it would be, it would be a more interesting sort of future and out there and doing that. But um, but I think like the idea for United Earth. I mean, like, like do you know um, Watchmen, the series? The, the, uh, the comic. Of it, just because there's Trent Reznor soundtrack stuff. <laughs> no, um, the whole premise of that spoilers for anyone that doesn't know Watchmen, I guess is the premise of that is, uh, actually do you care? Can I tell you what happens in the end? Oh, yeah. No, you like you don't, yeah. Don't, right. Don't, basically don't like, get um, so one of the characters, Ozymandias <laughs> gets a bunch of scientists and artists and 
mystics and everything together to create a fictional extraterrestrial enemy that, you know, destroys New York um, and convinces people. So like Russia and the U.S. are about to go, you know, like we're seconds away to midnight uh, on the doomsday clock. And so they, he, he, um, he has this like giant alien destroy New York. And so it stops the U S and America from, uh, being at war with each other and working together to fight this, you know, to sort of find out where this extraterrestrial being came from. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and sort of peace is declared and everybody's happy and and that basically is uh, is what happens in the end of it um there's a whole lot of other stuff going on it's a very good comic um i definitely graphic yeah, yeah. novel um i definitely recommend reading it um okay and um yeah so i mean this is sort of this idea that you need to have this a sort of external threat to bring people together because I mean, even like intact, like what the reason being, I mean, like if you, you know, like climate crisis is, it's an existential threat. Okay. Yeah. And yet we can not make head nor tail of it. Like the fact that, you know, if you could power the U S through solar energy, if you just basically paved over one of them, like bullshit Southwestern states that nobody lives in. (laughs) And just filled the entire fucking thing with um, okay. solar yeah. panels. Would you get and okay, yeah, there, the people that do live just, there, or would you, you know what? There? Like the Americans, you know, they have a history of just moving people off land that was theirs to True. begin with. You know, <laughs> yeah. they, they should. It's you know, it's in their blood. They can just fucking do it again. They yeah. could do that. Like there just is no political will, and you know, and and for a large part of it, it's there's no economic will either. It's like. Do people, I mean people? People, people see it as some cost. The so, like, you know, and you, we can we can have these debates and we can have these protests and we can have these marches. But at the end of the day, no one that fucking has money cares in any real way. I mean, yeah, you no, but, up you know, Gates yeah, but, and okay, stuff but like, like that. We, that we just said, like something like Bill Gates. Think of what he could be doing at this time. Again, if you don't have to like him or whatever, but he's constantly banging on about climate change. Yeah. Yeah, so but, these but that's my point. Care. Like, where has he got in 20 years, though? Huh? Where has he got in 20 years, though? That's, like, it's it's the idea that, like, yes, you well, know, you could have, like, okay. one person being, like, right and saying, like, yeah. But there is there is generally no, like, you know, when you talk about, like, the Paris Climate Agreement or, you know, like, so Norway has, like, legislated, for example, that all cars after 2025, I think it is, yeah, they 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 have this. They, they all new cars must be electric. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that's also. It's I interesting think that banned here from twenty twenty five or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they keep putting like the you know insane, why don't they just say like fuck you, stop what you're doing, put your fucking tools down. You know, <laughs> like well, consider like the way that. For example, America during the Second World War. Do you know how many cars America, like uh, civilian domestic cars, America produced yeah. during while it and was engaged a- in the Second World War? It was 129. Is because they oh, massively right. restructured their yeah. industry 
for the war effort. So it is possible to do. There just isn't political will to do it. And that is what I have the issue with. There is nothing stopping us from doing it now. Okay, yeah, but I mean, we've got, so now there's like the sort of, yeah, centrist US president, uh, not radical at all. And he's even come in like day one, banned, you know, Keystone XL or whatever pipeline, which I'm, I was quite surprised by. Um, and some of the other things I'm quite surprised by. And I think he is already a better president, Obama, in like a month, <laughs> let alone a fucking two terms. And in terms of some of the stuff he's done, um, and does seem to want to push the green stuff. Obviously, it won't be the, quite the same as what Bernie Sanders or I would do, but it says something that a centrist would do what he do, does. So obviously, it's not quite what is required, and it's not what I would do, or yeah, Bernie Sanders or Corbyn or someone would do. But even now, centrists have to kind of do something. And I think that is fairly mainstream now. And Trump, in a lot of his politics, not just with the environment, was like the last dying gasp of, yeah, like a a sort of, you know, misogynistic, racist, climate-denying gasp of people. Yeah, a group of people who uh, are like losing power and their grip on power. And that was all sort of like public persuasion ability to sort of you know bake their case and that is now and i'm not sure if that can come back um it really required a horrific candidate in hillary clinton i mean and yeah just a total lack of vision although biden also didn't he just hid i mean people keep saying about starmer in the uk like hiding away and thinking that will work it's like biden literally hid for 18 months and he won yeah. Uh, but yeah anyway so but but like you know I think you know after after World War 2 for example you know it's 1940 something and you have the UN put together that's like we're still talking very so you know if you think of the world of like 1946 or something compared to the world of 1846 obviously capitalism has developed to like somewhat to maturity by then but also, it's just unfathomable to the people of 1846 if you took them along and sat, sit in this UN meeting. And that could be said, obviously, of 2046. And so I think we need to, like, it's hard for us to, like, move away from our perspective of going, oh, well, you know, people don't work together or if it's fucked or that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, sure. But stuff changes very fucking quickly mm. on very sudden, like strange things that we can't predict. Like COVID will have that effect as well, for better and for worse. Obviously, um, I mean, I did see the climate stuff. I think we put out far fifty something billion or whatever tons of um, CO two a year, and to make it things fine, it has to go to zero. And all that happened in the last year it went only down to something like 48 billion tons mm. of CO2 from 50 odd. So, and you've got, now you've got to have a situation where like, how do you sort out the environmental situation and you don't want two to three million people to die as they have in this situation and shut off all travel and everything for, well, like just normal life for everyone. That's, that has only got rid of like four 
or five of the billion of the 50 billion you need to get rid of per year of CO2 emissions. And that required two to three million people dying. So how do you do it with not two to three billion people dying? That's the pro- And that is interesting because when, because this is Bill Gates saying this. And what was interesting, because he, it was like, that is a societal fix <laughs> last year, in inverted commas, like fix, where it's like, that's the societal fix. Because he's like, I'm not a tech utopian. I don't, I don't think tech will save us. But you're kind of thinking, maybe it will require massive technical adjustments, technological adjustments, because you can kill 2 million people and it doesn't fucking touch the science. Yeah. So you could kill 2 million people every year, government decree, to deal with the environment. Yeah, it does nothing. We've just learned that. You could shut off all travel for a year and kill 2 3 million people globally. doesn't do anything to solve the crisis. Yeah. Because obviously all like you know, leftists and progressives are like, oh, you know, we need to change stuff societally and people's behaviours and things like that. You can't just put a big bloody thing in the sky that just reflects of the sun. It's like maybe that maybe that is the answer, something like the tech fix like that, because killing people on mass like COVID has, you know, is quite low level, obviously. Out of seven billion people, it's a very small number, but still it's like a number that no one's ever gonna be able to do, like in any sort of political sense. Um yeah, so I mean, yeah, may- maybe we have to do the thing where, you know, like, what was it Gates wants to do when he wants to sh- fire off all that stuff into the atmosphere that then reflects? Oh, the, it's like the silver it's like, something. Silver yeah, oxide. Uh, but obviously, you could create a sort of permanent winter. <laughs> but, you know, it's just an experiment, isn't it? Give well, it I mean, go. where I'm fucking living at the moment, it feels like it's permanent winter. Fucking cunting more. Yeah, you're no. all right, aren't you? I'm cold, Pete. I'm cold. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, I, li- I live in the probably similar latitude. Do you, who do you think? Do you think your latitude is the same or higher? Higher. I'm definitely higher. like the north of Scotland is the same latitude as here. Is it? Yeah. Fucking hell, man! That's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, I was like shitting hell. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. Um, well, on that cheery note. I think uh, that bombshell. we, you know, going from aliens to yet again discussing capitalism, but, you know, with added, let's wipe away 2 million people a year um, for funsies. <laughs> um, no, 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 that wasn't my point. Uh, that, that was just an idea, wasn't it, really? Wasn't it? <laughs> aliens, because to sum out, aliens probably exist because uh, Lee saw one in his toilet or something basically you know I basically I think we should all just drop acid for a week and then see how we feel like 7 billion hits of acid all in one go what's that stuff that I keep seeing like because uh, I've been watching all these Joe Rogan videos this week DDT something not yeah. DDT I think that's a <laughs> get out with DMT, DDT yeah. you know let's clear a yeah, forest DDT <laughs> Yeah, no, no mosquitoes on me, but I'm not getting high. Um, and also, just DMT. to say, if everyone had gone Amazon and look up the Captain Tom Bomb, Captain uh, Tom Bomb, haven't done anything to send off. Yeah, I sent you this, the bomb. A oh, bowl? I thought it's you said bomb. bomb. The, it, no bong, a B O N G. I sent you the picture of this. Did you? I have no recollection yes, of this. Fucking hell! It's like you. It's like you. It's like you're working and you got a fucking family. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I sent you an, a link to oh, Amazon. Yeah. No, sorry, I did see this. On yeah. it. So I'm just going to kill the what's the exercise music? It's annoying. Um, 
Yeah, because someone's created a bong of his face from his face or something. Well, not from his face. That would be weird. <laughs> so it's good to have a... How, how um, long... What's the reckoning that he's like a Jimmy Savile-esque? Uh, give it like what? Oh, no, man. It's funny you say that, actually, because I was, yeah, talking to a friend, friend of the show, Rob. Um, it's like he's he can't be a perfect human being. He lived for a hundred odd years. There's He had a divorce. He was in World War Two, so he's probably going to French whorehouses while he's stationed there. Uh, he went for a divorce. He probably slapped his wife around or something, you know, because that that was fine back in those days and all that kind of stuff. And people have turned him into like a deity. And there's only one way, one direction from deity status. It's he was a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might have been fine. I don't know. And like, lest we forget, we should all get crunked or whatever <laughs> the youth say in America from a <laughs> for twenty okay, years ago. Bong. Crunk was like this yeah. <laughs> was when I was yeah, in high school in, in America. Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, baby. Uh, Southern hospitality, Captain Tom. Well, I mean, um, Crunk was was Crunk from Atlanta. Yeah, it's a dirty south. Uh, anyway. Yeah, getting getting crunked up. Um, all right. Well, as usual, we've we've tried to be highbrow. We've ended. Oh, I think well. Amazingly lowbrow. No, I don't think this. Yeah. I don't think it's that lowbrow. Captain Tom beats his wife, and you can smoke no, no, no. a bowl. Just for legal. It. This is Southern hostility. So just for legal stuff. Well, actually, we can't play it for more than thirty seconds. We have yeah, to no, this play. is a fucking tune. Yeah, Lee, Lee I remember when this song came out. Thousands of pounds if we play more than fifteen seconds of this. I think. Uh. This was such a good song. <laughs> I'll play us out. But you can't play that more than seven seconds. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll just direct them to you because you can pay off the bill to P, PRS, I think it's called. They're very, very litigious. Yeah, That's the one thing I know about them. Not like I got any fucking money. They can go fuck themselves. Anyway, anyway on that note. On that bombshell. Cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>